Hey, everybody. Jacob here from the Formula Drift podcast. We have an awesome deal for you. So if you head over to shopfd.com and use coupon code PODCAST23, you're going to save 20% on any merch. So anything you can find on that website, use PODCAST23 at shopfd.com. Save yourself 20%. Hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever. Just use the code. Save yourself some money. So why not? You know, don't, don't stop listening. Wait till the show's done. But then head over, shopfd.com. Use podcast 23. We'll see you guys out there. All right, guys, what's going on? My name is Jacob. We're here on The Outer Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. And we have competition director. Is that the official title? Uh, That's correct. Mr. Kevin Wells. Um, thank you for getting this arranged. Unfortunately, Amazon was fighting us a little bit with mic delivery, but you you stepped up with a good mic. So I think, we, I think we'll be all right. You got to get yourself closer to like prime delivery area. I I know you kind of like your privacy out out of the city, but. (laughs) Nope. If anything, it'll be further and further away. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, is that, I mean, I know you're big into kind of exploring and, and it looks like you're kind of dipping your toes more into the off-road life now. Is that the plan is like the further away from people at this point? Uh, kind of yeah. just, just to have a little bit of space. So ideally I'd like to have more room. I'd like to end up having a bigger garage. I'd like to, you know, yeah. It, it'd be nice to have more room for more things and trying to do that in LA, Orange County is impossible way above my pay grade. Yeah. So yeah, impossible. Well, I, I, I mean, I've become buddies with, uh, with Ryan Sage now, so maybe I'll put in a good word for you. See if we can get you that raise. Uh, <laughs> hey, there we go. All right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you've known him longer than I have, but uh, maybe maybe I can pull some strings. No guarantees, though. Yes, a, a good word always helps. Yeah. So, what do you? What are you doing in your spare time? Like, what have you been up to from Long Beach to? I guess now we're getting ready for uh, from the time of recording, getting ready for Atlanta. So, uh, I have been building uh, circuit boards and all the wiring stuff for Prospec and to make the D cell light work. Oh, okay. Interesting. So I've been doing that for damn near seven days a week for almost a month. Jeez, how much time is going into each one of those boards then? Seven days a week, a month, we have um, 40-something drivers. So yeah, that's... I would say the board probably takes maybe hour, hour and a half. Okay. And then you have to, then you have to fit it into the, into the container. Right. And then crimp on the connectors and then do all that stuff. So probably, I don't know, maybe two, two and a half hours by the time you're actually done and tested. And then I leave it run and all that. And then I have to also build the connectors on the light strips. Okay. And extend the lengths of those. So making uh, 90 some odd of those is also uh, a good time. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that because it's going to be two per car, right? So uh, yeah, a little bit more difficult than just doing one. Jeez. Do you just like yep, shake so, that box back and forth just to check the gyro, like the gyro that's in it after? <laughs> no, that that this one actually runs off of the Link ECU itself. Oh, okay. So basically the Link ECU is what's providing us the data and providing the accelerometer data. This is basically and generating a CAN signal. Right. I'm taking the CAN signal and converting that into a lighted bar graph basically. Okay. Okay. I was I was curious how that worked if it was its own standalone unit. Um, but I guess now that everybody's running uh, a spec ECU, it's a little bit easier. Was there any changes you had to oh, make yeah. for all the pro guys then? Like did each one have to have its own container or something? 
Yes, for the Pro, it's entirely different. For okay. for Pro, I'm actually using an AIM Solo 2 DL, right? Which is, you know, an aftermarket data logger. That is actually what is providing the accelerometer signal. So I'm those are programmed for each driver. So each driver has their own individually labeled one yeah. to work with their vehicle, their ECU, their CAN bus speed, and then it's bringing that in. That's outputting a can signal this other then there's a backpack on that that's picking up the can signal then that's generating the light jesus is so it, it's without like picking so yeah, on any any brands is there like one ecu that was easier to work with or like one that was harder to work with like between like a motec or link or haltech or uh i think um, on ecu master everyone but holly is easy to work with really is it just Holly's lockdown? Yep. yep. Okay. They're they I know yep. they like they, the proprietary stuff. Yep. Yeah, they have a proprietary CAN network. So um for the diesel light purpose, it doesn't really make much difference. Okay. But for the data collection purpose, it's kind of a big pain. Um because everyone else is super easy to work with. Um <laughs> But they 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 won't share, and it's funny because I mean the product's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Like, their their self learning technology is nuts. You know, but uh, they just don't want to yeah. provide any help. Yeah, happens. So, it, that's yeah. Yep. I, I was always curious. Like, I mean, I think it's I, I do think it's incredible with the sport that we can run so many different systems, and that I mean, obviously, on your end of things, you're like, cool, another one to deal with. Like <laughs> now, I have to learn this or. You know, uh, I think Simon right. was on a, uh, it's like Max ECU or something like that. So then it's like another set of protocols, which is not something we deal with here in the U.S. very often. I think it was Max. Right. And uh, um, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, the new driver. He got? From Ukraine. Oh, from, yeah. No. I butchered his name too, so um, don't feel bad. <laughs> um, damn it. I, Olienko? I want to uh, reference. Before. Olienko? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It. It's all good. Um, I'm notoriously bad with names, so I will I will take all the heat on that one. <laughs> Holovinia? Holovinia. Okay, got it. Holovinia? Yeah. Um, yeah, he uses an ECU that I'd never heard of. Really? At, at all. And I actually had to look it up, but that's the advantage of using the AIM units. Oh, okay. Is they have pre-programmed configurations, basically, that I can start with. Okay. So when he came through, because when I saw the name in there, I want to say it's like Cybex or something. I hmm. I didn't really get it in the tech form. So when I saw him in real life, I was like, tell me what this is. And yeah, they had a protocol next morning for practice, fixed one up for him, and we were ready to go. I, it's interesting you mentioned that. I was going to bring it up later because I remember seeing him parked off to the side uh, for tech for it. I was just curious like if that was... Something and I know, like he probably built to a different set of rules, and I'm sure coming over, it's yeah. it's there. There was probably some things where it's like, ah, you're a little off here, a little off there, that kind of thing. So I'm sure that played into that. Yeah, there was a few minor items, and you know, I don't I don't know if you know how the tech process works, but basically, I guess it was first COVID year. Yeah, um, I started doing picture tech forms. Okay, so basically, there's like. I don't know, 30 pictures or something that the drivers take and on four different forms based on the part of the car they are type thing. Yeah. And then they send those in and then I review those prior. 
Oh, so you're like coming in at least like, okay, I have a good understanding. I can speed this up a bit. So yeah, that's the idea is to speed up the process. And if I, and if I can see something that I know is a problem, then I can tell you ahead of time so you can fix it while you're still at home right? instead of waiting till you get there. And then I tell you, Hey, by the way, you need to do this. But I remember on his car, I couldn't, I couldn't see a few items the way that I wanted to see them. Mm -hmm. And we were emailing back and forth, but it's like a 24 hour process every time you were emailing. Yeah. So some of the stuff I had to verify once I saw in real life. So there was a few things they had to tweak on, but, uh, I, I mean, I you think that's happens. with everything. I mean, I've been there with a couple of drivers going through tech and even guys that you'd be like, oh, you're completely, like, should be completely buttoned up. You run into some weird stuff. I mean, I would say, like, outside of outdated uh, Hans or fire suppression, what do you run into the most? Because I see those fail all the time. Where you're like, I'll, I'll see it. Like, you'll go and check the dates. And be like, come on. Like, you should know this. <laughs> I mean, uh, oddly enough, the master cutoff switch p- gets people gets people out. Oh, like, on a regular basis. Like not having the sticker, not having it labeled, or just not having one on the outside? Uh, not having it work. Oh. Because a lot of the time people will strip the car down, they'll, t- they'll take everything apart, and when they put everything back together for the beginning of the season, they're used to it working in their head. And if it, as long as it kills the dash and everything, most people just move on. And it'll be the same thing that the alternator wire got moved to the other side of the battery terminal or they switch to a different device that actuates it right and that'll fail so we get those a few of those every year but because they'll they'll loop it from the alternator they'll loop it right to the alternator to the main power and not through that switch right or the or from the i guess battery uh, as well like the alternator needs to be on the back side of the switch on the battery side Mm. otherwise you turn the battery off and the alternator just keeps but everything running. the alternator still, right, just keeps everything running. Right. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think so, of that one. If, if you run, yeah, so that's just Do you run into like a lot of like suspension geometry issues and stuff too? Or most guys have that pretty much nailed now? No, I mean, for the most part, I guess with the popularity of WiseFab, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff has gone away from being a full custom unit that you made yourself or you modified. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just buying the kits. Yeah. And I think so within the, I see book, the wise tab underneath. I look at a few things and I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's how, you know, that's yeah. how it works. And we're on our way. Yeah. I know even within the rule book, there's a few kits where it's like specified be like, Hey, you can't do this unless it's this vehicle with this kit. I think like BMW has got a few, a 90 super has got a few, um, where it's like, oh, if you have this particular thing, it's okay to circumvent this one right. rule kind of thing. Right. We have a few like variances depending on, you know, the particular chassis that like the Supra, for example, if you want to put 18s on the front and a normal size tire with steering angle, it hits in this one portion mm-hmm. due to this bubble structure thing they have on there. So they can remove that to actually fit on a decent sized tire. Right. So all, you know, if there's something that comes up for a particular chassis, we try to work with everyone to make sure that they can participate. And I guess the only difference would be is as long as the all those chassis are the same, then it doesn't really matter. Okay. <clears throat> so it's kind of homologating that chassis where it's like, okay, where cuz you know you're going to see as soon as the A90 came out, you're like, okay, we're probably going to see a bunch of these and then 
I guess it was Steph was probably the first person to have one out. And then I would assume that would be like a collaboration between you two where he's like, listen, there's no other way to do this. Here's what we would have to do. Like, is that, I, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, is that how that kind of process would work with a brand new chassis? That's definitely the preferred method. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So like Steph and quite a few of the, the teams, they'll reach out before they do something mm. and they'll be like, Hey, what can we do about this? And I'll be like, Oh, I'll come down or send me some pictures. And we try to figure out a good solution. And, you know, you know, you, you might've been able to get away with cutting off like a little section and doing the thing and having it just clear. But then if you have suspension travel, so it was just easier, like in that case to be like, just pull it back to here. Then there's something easy for me to reference off of and just make a plate for it. And then we, well, they made a template and then that template is available to anyone else building a Supra. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Is that, I didn't, I mean, maybe that was in the rule book or something like you put in for uh, another source reference or something. Huh. It, it, it just has you email me and oh. I'll just get you the, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just get you the template for it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because, yeah, some of that stuff I just don't want to like, keep adding pages and dumping it into the rule book because it'll be a hundred pages long by the time you get there, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, some stuff like that just makes it convenient. So they did that on uh, the Grady Supra, the right. one Gucci used to drive. Um, I believe the same season as they did that one. So I was going back and forth between those two shops and those two cars as we were running into issues to see what, what we could do to make it work out. Is there is there one chassis right now that probably ha like that has the most amount of of those rules added for it? Uh, I would probably say like custom rules. I guess, I guess the BMW. I guess the BMW has one for the for the bracing in the back, so it doesn't screw up the subframe. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I don't think there's anything in particular that's like super dominant that needs the most loved, basically the car that has the most problems. Yeah. They're all kind of, everybody has their issues and their balance, you know, of things that need to be improved. Yeah. Okay. So there's not, yeah, there's not one that's, that's really like, you know, coming out as like, I, I, I was just kind of curious with like maybe Dean Carney's car with the Viper and stuff, but it's been around long enough that I'm sure the rules are fine there. Um, the other one that comes to mind is like Darren Kelly's um, just to be like, okay, what, what did that need? I know, you know, sports cars in general kind of have a a pretty good setup out of the box, but then we get into things like, okay, how much of the subframe are you going to chop out for a quick change? Like, how much engine movement can we allow to fit more things in there? That, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, they... Um, <laughs> that conversation <laughs> with them probably started... Uh, man, probably two years prior. Oh, wow. And... Um, I used to do some like tech stuff where they bring them across the scales and they, you know, check different components for SRO. Okay. So I'd actually ran into them somewhere along the line. And then I talked to them on the phone a few times. So one of the SRO events, they had their GT four car and I think their GT three car. Mm -hmm. So I went over to their pits and, basically crawled underneath it and sat down with, with Tad, their engineer guy, and was just pointing like, I want to modify this, and I want to move this, and I want to move the rack over here, and I want to do this, and can I do this? And I'm like, 
just going through everything. And it, it makes it easy when the teams just want to come out with it and just talk through like, yeah, not you know, hide things. Right? Some like, of the stuff was, was interesting. Like the anti-intrusion bars are an interesting setup on that one due to the, uh, the way the cage is normally bolted in. Yeah. And it's an FIA homologated cage. So we didn't want to modify the cage and have them grind that and then weld those bars. And so we made some different things to make all that work out. But, um, I mean, overall, the car t turned out pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a crowd pleaser, you know? Yeah, I, I spent a bit of time trying to get in as deep as I was, you know, allowed to before people started telling me to get back. But <laughs> I, I was speaking with him uh, after his event, just asking about the engine. And because uh, obviously he had a rough go with that and just trying to like understand how does this work moving forward? It's not like you can go to AutoZone and get parts for that thing. And it's like, how close is a dealer? Do you have a spare one? Is it even on this continent? Like, and I don't want to explain all of it because I, I want to have a, a conversation with him, but damn, that dude's got a lot of shit on the go. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, that's, that's what happens when you're, you know, breaking new ground yeah. and you're doing something with a vehicle that hasn't been done before with that chassis. You've got a, a, a laundry list of things that uh, can be improved or yeah. to work on, but they that'll be a real cool interview if you do a podcast with them or if they can bring on one of their guys they did some really cool 3d printed stuff oh interesting huh i i did see some uh, stuff on the car but i figured what i saw was probably just a small amount of what's actually going on i'll, I'll probably mess this up but a huge portion of the back of that car the actual bodywork is 3d printed huh that's cool yeah, they have a gigantic printer. Do, do you think as soon as they mentioned that, I was like, what? <laughs> and it's like uh, a four foot by five foot printer that's cranking out pieces of body panels. Yeah. I'm sure like most of us are just used to like the small build plate ender threes and things like that, or you know, bamboo right. lab stuff. I I'm I wouldn't say I'm like huge into 3D printing. Fun fact that FD logo is actually 3D printed. Um yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, nice. But I, I think I think 3D printing in general is going to open so many doors like with drivers in general. Like, I mean, we see how available 3D scanning is now. Um, we see stuff like what, what Cage Kits is doing where like they have these incredibly tight fitting cages that are mass produced now. Like, I think, I think the technology has gotten so attainable that what guys were doing in F1 20, 30 years ago is now, I mean, I've got one in my basement. Like 3D printing in, you know, what, the late 90s was an F1 thing. And then now, like I said, it's a, it's like a $200 toy that I make signs and plant holders and shit with. It's uh, yep. it's, it's really interesting. I, I would like to see more drift guys get into it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the ability of CAD and everything that's become so much easier over the past... I don't know, even five, six years mm -hmm. to design and draw everything all your own and then just go straight to print or all the online services that do the CNC stuff now. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. You can basically, you know, dream something up, draw it, and send it off and you'll get it in the mail. Done. Yeah, a couple days later, and, it's ready to go. You know, 10 years ago, that was nearly impossible. There was no one that would see and see anything for you. They always wanted to draw it or they always wanted something and measure it. 
Now you can just fire it off and it'll just be there. I, I remember it's, it's, it's pretty incredible how much it's changed everything. I, I remember seeing Steph do a video of an exhaust manifold for those Supra engines where uh-huh. it's, it was a 3D printed, um, out of, I can't remember what metal it was, but it was some very exotic metal. Yeah, and probably Inconel or something crazy. I, yeah. I think so. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, I just remember seeing that. And that was when that car came out. And I'm like, what? And then, you know, now fast forward even a couple of years, like that's not that unattainable for a lot of guys now. Um, even at PRI, I saw a company that like 3D scans exhaust and then has a, uh, it's it's like almost like a wrapping of, of like heat coating, but it looks like that traditional wrinkled heat coating. I can't remember the same thing. I can't remember the name of it. Mm. And I was asking the guy about it and he's like, yeah, he goes 30 years ago, we couldn't do this. And now he's like, I can get an exhaust done in and out of the shop in like, a, you know, a day. And I'm like, Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. And the, the the scanning stuff being available, I mean, before those tools alone, you'd spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now they they have versions that are, you know, three hundred bucks. Yeah. It's it's come down so much. And uh yeah, it's it's a game changer. Like all the cage kid stuff with the scanning and then the automated bending, the automated notching, all that is it's a night and day difference from making cages on your own mm-hmm. to just ordering one up and then just being able to burn it all in place. And we, as long as you do it correctly, everything fits right. Well, you know? And they're like engraved too. So like you can, you know where it lines up. You're not guessing. It literally tells you this part to this part. Here are the lines, put it here, weld it in. Like it, it could not be yep. any simpler. Is that right? Do you think that even maybe not just that alone, but that, type of manufacturing does that put us in a place now where a true formula drift spec series could exist like i feel i feel like pro spec is kind of putting our foot in there where it's like okay let's see what this does does this bring competition closer does this what does this do to the sport but seeing something like cage kits where you you know you could call them up and be like hey we're gonna need 40 whatever to fit crown vix or some whatever it is right um like, is that one of those things when you start seeing that roll off? You're like, okay, we're that piece is done. What else do we have left? I mean, it's it's a possibility for sure. I think the hard part would be is figuring out the vehicle. Okay. The I mean, the personally, the the way I would see that working is do you remember like the 200 Grand Prix of Long Beach? Yeah. When they actually had like the celebrity race. Yeah. Toyota made, what is it, 20 some odd of those Celicas or the Super Celicas or whatever, all the different models through the years. Yeah. Or and, IROC and the and the actual IROCs. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. You'd have to have a manufacturer that jumps on board that would be like, I want to do a spec series with my new car. Yeah. And then you could try to roll it out. But the problem is with that is our cars are so over the top in most cases. But if you, a lot of, a lot of the spec series, the series owns the cars. Right. But I I mean, I I don't know the politics and the business of it, but I mean, let's say Toyota, because you guys are are pretty sweet on Toyota. That's no, you know, it's no, nothing being hidden there. And it's like, okay, you guys are going to come out with another GT86 or GR86 or whatever the next one's going to be. Listen, all that we want are, X amount, 
Don't worry about interior. Don't worry about this. You can skip that entire manufacturing step. Before it goes to that plant, you just ship them to us. And then we ordered the, and then now as a driver, cool, you can have one of those shipped to you. Cage Kit sends you this. Link sends you this. You know, um, you want a different seat. Okay, that's fine. It has to meet this spec. Different steering wheel, that's fine. It meets this spec. Because like even within spec series, there is still some customization. Um, but I mean, I guess the question is like, how far away, I, how far are we uh, from, from something like that happening? I guess like one contract really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the most part, I don't think it would be too difficult on the chassis side. Okay. I think the difficulty comes in on the powertrain and drivetrain side. Right. Because for the most part, you're not, unless we put them on 205s or something, or 185s or something super small, you're not going to make enough power on something that's out of the box. Right. right? I mean, but that being said, that could be a TRD question in this case. Like it could be whatever manufacturer question where they have great engines ready to go. So it's possible. Um, Right. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe I'm maybe I'm just prying to see if it's already in the works and 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 try and get some feeds off you. But <laughs> no, not 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 yet. not yet. I mean, that would be that would be amazing if we could get something going. You know, uh, you know, yeah, it'd be open to any brand. We'll get a uh, sixteen Aston Martins out there, or you know, whatever. Yeah, the Aston whatever Martin happens to show up. You yeah, know? but do you would you say that uh, like with that in mind, like would you say something like ProSpec is been a success? I mean, I don't know how we're measuring the successfulness of that program. I, I would assume the goal is just to have better competition. So would you do you think with those changes that have been implemented, that's what we've seen? I think so. <laughs> I mean, in in theory, the vehicles are more affordable. Mm-hmm. If anything, we probably actually need to go down in tire size further. Like a two thirty five or two twenty, like two fifteen. I mean that the that two fifty five GT radial is too good. It's a great tire. It's it's ridiculous how good it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather you know maybe in the future we could migrate to something that's more like a I don't know three hundred treadwear equivalent or something. Right. Go to something that's not as crazy. Because the, the idea of going to the smaller tire and doing everything was so you could, in theory, save money. Right. We're still, now you can still spend tons of money on your motor because you can use the power. Right. So I need to make it so there's a cutoff point somewhere where there's too much power. What? So you don't want to make 800 wheel right. if I can only use 450 wheel. So I need to like pull that down a little bit more. But... I mean, you see Stuky ran that last year. Yeah. In pro. And did did fine. Yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's obviously <laughs> it's too damn good of a tire. <laughs> so yeah, need to uh need to work on that in, in the future or something like that. But I think um I think overall it's good. It's a good test bed for trying different things in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, doing the you know the spec tire, right? We've never done that before in the past. Doing the spec ECU, doing you know different spec products, doing different things 
that is would be extremely difficult to do in pro. Mm-hmm. This is an, uh, a way to build on things and try to do something else for the future. Do, do you think it spreads the jump, though, from prospect to pro? Like, that's always been the... There's been, like, so many different... I, it's, it's hard to explain, but, like, there's been a delta between pro and prospect, right? And that delta has changed over the years from pro two. Pro 2 arguably got really close to pro for a while, like really close, but it still felt like a monumental leap. And I feel like pro spec now is getting, making that delta larger, which I, 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 I'm trying to understand the goal of that. Like, is that to weed out well, people? Well, making the delta jump? larger in regards to what though? <sighs> in regards to not having a uh, aftermarket steering column? <laughs> Like I guess you, I'm I, just saying, like that doesn't. Most of the people that come out of pro am that I've seen, yeah, end up taking a year off, right, to build a car, and they don't drive, right. So, and then a lot of people when they would come out of pro two previously, mm-hmm. they would take a year off and not drive, yeah, and then they would come in and they don't do good because you haven't been practicing. Because so, most people don't have the ability to have two comp cars at the same time. Right. So, in theory, if this is this is putting it more on the driver, okay. is the idea of prospect that if you come in, you can't necessarily get a deal or buy the biggest, baddest tires right. from that company. You can't necessarily buy the best engine because you have more money. At some point, it's diminishing returns on the amount of money you spend because you're limited by other items. Should you, I mean, so to eliminate the year gap, though, would it not make more sense to have a car that was more ready to go for pros? So you don't have to make that gap? Like, because that's the issue is well, like... People, people, people do it anyways. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. And I mean, like, if you think about it, you know, okay, so you run ProSpec for... A year or two, right? Right. Okay, so what is what is the difference? Okay, you look at Thorne, right? Okay, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Came in. I know. Fresh out of the gate. I know. Smacked everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, aftermarket steering column? No. Aftermarket pedals? No. Uh, fancy transmission? No. T56? Right. Okay. So... I'm just saying it can be done yeah. because it the car ran the whole time and yeah. he put it down so and he got it done. When he did you know? that well, were you just like, this is the validation I've been looking for. This is, this is why I did it. Was it no. one of those moments? <laughs> no, not, not really because um, I was actually super pumped that Haley did well on the first, on the first round in Orlando. Right. Yeah. Same. And, uh, <laughs> And, and it was just kind of like, okay, cool. Like that, that's pretty rad, you know, cause obviously he's been at Let's it forever. Go, Andy. And, Come on, buddy. You know, this is your year. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. And I kind of, I think it was Utah actually, um, that I put it together that his car was like that. Mm. I didn't, you know, obviously you see it as it goes through and you do everything, but Doesn't you know, absorb. Yeah. getting it all down on paper that, oh yeah, all these, none of this applies to you. Yeah. You're already doing all this and you're doing well. Well, mm-hmm. hey, that's cool. You know? Um, but I I think 
I think if you get too concerned worrying about where you're going next, you can't necessarily focus on what you're doing now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, are you going to go to the F1 guys and say, hey, by the way, F2 is too different of a car? You guys need to make the F2 cars more like F1 or you need to make F1 cheaper, more like F2. That's Are you going to go to uh, whatever the hell they call I, Bush series now yeah, and be yeah. like, hey, well, th- those aren't enough like the NASCAR. I mean, you can do that with everything through your whole entire life. Right. Trying to compare it to something that's different. Mm. You know, I mean, we have half as many rounds. It's supposed to be more affordable. Yeah. It's supposed to be easier. It's supposed to be driver on driver. What, what I think is... What so I, that's the general idea. Yeah. Wait, no, no, I, I agree. I just, I mean, I, I kind of, I got to ask some of the hard questions from the comment section. So oh, I, yeah, I, subscri- I subscribe to the idea. I get it. I just, for me, when it first came out immediately, and I, I think you and I did a podcast about this um, on my old show, like I was immediately like, I don't get it. I'd like explain this to me. Because I think at that point too, the rear rad, I don't know if this is still in place, but there was going to be a removal of rear rads. Is that still in effect? No, it, it never said it was going to be removed. It said it was in consideration. Oh, it was in consideration. Okay. Fair. I'll take so, that. That's because, good um, Good legalese. <laughs> I, I, I still think it would be awesome. I would be worried about crashes and timeouts. That's, like, that's the first thing I go to. What? what why? I, I mean, front end damage, and then you pop a rad. But then, I mean, the argument is, how many times are we repairing intercoolers? Not very often. So, and mo- more than off, more often than not, the rad is going to be behind the intercooler, so it's going to be even more protected than the thing that's already not being damaged. It, it, I know, I'm, a, I'm answering my own. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> but, but that is also why we've been, um, you know... A, some of the time in the past when we had radiator damage and we had a, things like that happen, yeah, it was due to the bumpers that were in front of them. Right. It was multi-piece so bumpers lot that of, were, were breaking and folding in at the center or and puncturing, right? right? Right. So a lot of that stuff's been changed to kind of make that structure better to try to keep the show going mm-hmm. in reality. You know, I mean, people are going to crash their cars. We know this. That's... <laughs> It's, it's that's kind of, kind of a given it's you know it, it sucks you know it was brand new and pretty for about four minutes and you hit the wall yeah but you know but if it if it can minimize damage and kind of keep the show going that we're not just leaking all over the place but i mean we have people smash rear rads too it's a good point it does happen you know so i mean if basing stuff around if it might leak I don't know. Because yeah. we still allow low coolers in the front. Yeah. And that's arguably way worse. I mean, you know, right. And it has to be behind the bumper, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah. you know, there's... It's one of those things, I think, it's still... It would make everything more relatable again. It'd be another step towards the fans, the kids, the parents, everyone else going out and be like, that's like my dad's car. Or that's the same car I have in the driveway. Right. And I think that helps, I don't know, build relationships, build fan things that you go up and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's what I have in my, you know, I own one of those. Yeah. Not, oh, I own one of those, but 
it doesn't look like that. And this is cut off and that's all modified. You know, you want to keep it somewhat relatable. Otherwise you kind of, it might as well be a Camry in NASCAR. I was just going to say that. It doesn't like, relate to it. Doesn't yeah. relate to a damn thing. Nothing on it is Camry. Anything that you can relate to. Yeah. So is that sentiment being pulled from like another series or another sport or anything like that? Like, like a group B kind of thing where it's kind of like, yeah, like I could get kind of a version of that. I could get a Quattro. I could get, you know, whatever, Lancey. I mean, not really, but. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not really pulling that from anything. I think that's more of, I think kind of the spirit of drifting in general. Right. That, you know, you have a dumped car with a body kit on it. And now people are taking it up on the mountain, running around. Right. That's kind of where it came from. Right. Making it into something different. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know, like, the best direction or the ideal is, way. Because the reason why it was cool is because it was doing something different with something that people could do. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, as somebody who loves obscure drift cars personally, like I, I very much, every drift car I've ever owned is not traditional by any means. Like that's the part I like where I, I mean, I was at the parts store the other day. I needed the new CV axle for my 540i, which is not, I mean, it's a BMW, but it's not a traditional drift car. It's not an E36. And I mm -hmm. said to the guy, like, I need this CV axle. And he's like, oh, what's it for? I'm like, you know, give him the parts and the engine size and all that shit. And he's like, oh, what are you doing with it? I'm like, I'm going drifting. And he's like, in that boat? And I'm like, yes, in that boat. He's like, ah, oh, there's no way. And then he's like, my uncle had one of those. And I was like, yeah. Like, and then it, it I, I, I get where you're coming from. I just, I don't know. Maybe for me, like I, we have pro, which they, they still look like generally like the car that they're supposed to be. Once you take those body panels off though, they look like this weird skeleton thing. So it, it loses that, uh, recognition. And then I guess like, I, for me, it still exists even like you look at like Human Rahimi's car, right? Like you can tell what that is, even with a, a ridiculous wrap on it, right? Like you could always tell Andy, like going to the prospect guys, Andy Heatley's car, like you could tell what that car is. So I, I mean, I guess when you get to the mechanics of it, I see where you're coming from. I, right. I mean, but, but we have to maintain the being able to figure out what it is. Right. That's why, you know, the, uh, you know, a lot of people over the years have wanted to put in, you know, a flat bent sheet metal dash and then do this and then, you right. know. Stock card kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, with three round gauges in it, whatever, and you're, you know, light. you're getting, a, right, you're right. It's a gigantic <laughs> monster ship light on the, you know, on the, on the steering column, you know, and I think. All those types of things. I mean, you look at people, they, they look at the car on the outside, they walk up, if the hood's up, they're looking underneath the hood. Otherwise, they look inside. Right. And if it's a dash they recognize, it's like, it's the same dash, it's you in know. my grandpa's Corvette kind of thing. Right. Or you're like, oh, you know, exactly. That that's, that's what that is. You don't have a four-cylinder engine in the passenger seat in a seat, sheet metal dash with three gauges and like, and a lot of the time, I mean, I guess if there was a, let's see, they don't necessarily turn out pretty. Right. Right. 
No, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I some of the stuff you're like, oh damn, that looks sick, and some of it you're like, eh, <laughs> yeah, you know. And as I think, just kind of preserving just a little bit. Okay, it's not it's not really complicated to leave it alone, and. Most everyone runs some form of aftermarket dash anyways, yeah. you know, or gauge cluster. Um, so you just make it fit in there and it looks nice. And, you okay. know, I mean, you look at, you look at the road racing series. Yeah. A lot of them require that type of stuff too. You don't see a Ferrari running around with a sheet metal dash in that some dude made. Yeah, I know. You know, like. They they try to keep a little bit of the stuff in there, but I think that's where you also build manufacturer involvement. Right. It's hard to build manufacturer involvement if you let everything be thrown away. Because why are they going to spend money when you can't even relate it to what they're actually trying to sell, which is why they're there. Right. Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yep. Yeah. Ah, okay. No, that's I, they're, they're all valid points. I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, I, I've never really seen it from that perspective per se. So it's, it's interesting. I, I've always so wanted to see, like, I mean, I've always wanted to see like an unlimited series for drifting. Like, give me like whatever chassis, whatever engine, whatever tire, like, let's just go open balls to the walls and see what happens. Would it be competitive? I have no idea. I, I, I don't think it would be. I think you'd have like four or five guys that are just running away every race and it wouldn't be cool anymore. But I would just like to see the ingenuity behind it. So maybe that's not. Yeah, FD, I mean, I think, I, I think the if you do that and you just allow it to be all tubes, all tubes, tubes and then, glass. Yeah, right. Just just tubes, and, and it's going to be NASCAR bodies. It's going to be used NASCARs with more steering angle in them. You know, that'd be the easiest way to get that done. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you do all that you'd almost have to do like a demo thing and have like four cars do it and have it be something because I think, I think tandem would suffer. Yeah. And I think that is why people watch. Huh? You watch for the sick door to door. You don't watch for Gapplebee's down the freaking straightaway yeah. because one car weighs 1800 pounds and one weighs 3000, you know, how, how did we get such close tandem with such open rules? Like, how did that happen? Is that like an evolvement thing? Is that like to a common goal? Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it would probably be the theory behind the tire to weight ratio. Okay. Um, kind of bringing those items together, and I mean, as the as the tires have increased in grip and size and everything over the years, kind of it all the other companies have been kind of doing it together. So it's kind of been, I guess, for, fortunate that it worked out and is going together in that fashion, that it's right. not being ridiculous. Um, but, uh, I mean, that that's, you know, back to the prospect thing. That's the idea is making amazing driving and you can sit there and just watch 32 battles of sickness, you know, they're like, damn, those guys are so close together. Yeah. I, By, as opposed to being, you know, all over the place where it's a, I mean, you look at any of the battles now in pro, none of them are gimmies. No, dude, Long Beach. It, like, just, just look at, that just, is a, 
Go watch Long Beach Brackets. If you don't even watch the actual race, just go look at the brackets and go, what the hell happened here? Because if you were to told me that last right. year, I would have laughed at you. Like, there's no way yeah. that would have happened that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and it's one of those things that's continuing to to be more complicated, yeah. which is actually really cool. I'm I'm kind of an underdog person. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of you know, someone being the equivalent of Mike Tyson and just beating everyone every single time. Right. That's not interesting, you know? Um, having people do amazing occasionally um, is sick. Yeah. I you know, see, damn dog agrees right there. <laughs> give me give me the bark on that one. Um, but I mean, that's, uh, you know, seeing, seeing Hearst move on, seeing Rome move on, and knocking all those people out yeah. all the, all the way up to top four is is awesome. It, I mean that's that's what this sport is about. That is being able to be someone that can be successful against the Osbos and these huge heavy hitters that got taken out along the way. Yeah, and that's I think that's really cool. Yeah, that it, keeps the dream alive because it's possible. Well, you know, it's what makes people sign up for it, right? Like, I, you you look at somebody like a Jonathan Hurst who, I mean, obviously he was on a recent episode and and it's all good. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. You're good. The squeaky toys. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, this is why people need to watch, not just listen. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, once again, like my, my bias towards Jonathan Hurst in this case, but like, you look at something like that, like a guy that in in maybe in a sound mind would have given up so much longer ago. And then all it took was that one weekend to be like, I deserve to be here. I can do this. I can take out Odie. I can take out Ryan, you know, with and and yeah, like th that that alone or what Stuky did going one more time with James Dean, what Rome's been able to do over the past two years, even just watching Dylan Hughes progress and, and Travis Reader progress like that. I would be curious if you could correlate the number of like pro-am signups to when an underdog does well. Like if you were to graph every time one of those guys ah. does well, how many signups you see in pro-am series? Like for guys being like, yeah, okay, right. I'll get back out there, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's inspirational. Yeah. You know, I mean, did you see that that uh, video? I think Forrest posted it up of him in Rome. They're at the yeah, yeah at the start line in Long Beach. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's so wholesome. Like that's that that's it. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. Like I dreamed of doing this a few years ago and running with you. Yeah, and now I'm actually doing it. Yeah, like as you know, that's that's the like the war promotional videos for world, for World War Two. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what makes you go sign up, you know, like I'm in, let's go do this, you know? And <laughs> I, I think those moments are great. You know, I agree. It's, it, it's what makes this sport just so, so awesome. Right. Um, just, just having those moments. Yeah. It, it, it changes everything, like changes the mood, changes the dynamic for the rest of the season. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I know you are a big graph guy. I'm a, as somebody who lives in spreadsheets constantly. Like I would love to be able to plot just ticket sales for pro-am events or signups, like based on that kind of stuff. I, uh, speaking of, are you still doing like you had a, 
Instagram channel for a bit that was like FD stats or something like that. Are you still doing that? It's back. It's back. Okay, good. It's back. Um, it went on, it went on hiatus for a little bit. Okay. Um, but, uh, the, uh, everything's back now. I'm probably not going to bother doing the Instagram channel separately anymore. Okay. So, um, cause that, that one, I was actually, geez, that was quite a few years ago. Yeah. That was on Facebook or whatever that I was doing that. Right. I'm probably not going to bother with that crap anymore. And okay. I'm just going to put it on mine. Okay. I, um, yeah. Just cause there's just too much to do. I don't need to go fiddle around with three of those and try to do different things. So I'll probably just do it on mine and I'm probably just going to make, um, if you have any ideas, let me know. Um, I want to try to do, uh, some more graphs of like driver history. Okay. Cause I saw the points graph and that one, that's what triggered my memory of it. I'm like, Oh shit, that's cool. Like seeing the entire driver field, like how the points change over the season was crazy. Cause there's no series that looks like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You look at, I mean, like F1 is a good example. It's like the same four dudes all the way across to the end, you know, unless there's something wild, nothing happens. Yeah. I, and for us, at least it's always kicking around. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of potential there, I think to make cool, interesting, you know, graph type content and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so once once we clear probably Orlando, I'm gonna dig in a little bit deeper. I want to try to do like Osbo versus Field from like 2010 on, like their place of each oh, at each round. Cool. So you'd have like because they were both running then. Yeah, and then that way you'd have like third, fifth, twentieth, da 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 da, and you'd see them come along as their you know especially as as you know Fields. Uh, career progressed yeah and osbo's career progressed yeah because you know they both didn't start out you know at the top but now they're both at the top yeah and i think that would be pretty interesting uh yeah i mean i I, there's so much stuff i'd like to see like average tires burned and then you could see like wet weekends versus dry weekends things like that um the i mean maybe this one wouldn't make the epa very happy but like approximate tire poundage vaporized like, like how much just disappears. <laughs> I'm staying away from all of that. Okay. All right. We'll stay away from that. Um, yeah. You can calculate that on okay. your own, but I'll stay away from all that. Fair that, enough. That goodness. But I, I do know? like the idea of the points one. Um, I think it'd be kind of neat. I don't know if guys are monitoring angle or measuring angle on something to like, see what that looks like in a chart over, you know, like a, uh, over a run. Um, or getting people to guess like what track was this based on throttle, like things like that could be really cool. I I I enjoy that kind of stuff a lot. <laughs> there's a there's a really famous video of Checo, another F1 reference. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Um in Mexico on stage with a steering wheel, and he's blindfolded and he's doing the track, and you see him shifting and you see him adjusting, and he's doing it all completely blindfolded, and he that's how well those those guys know it. And I, I'd seen MotoGP guys do it by the sound of their bike. And they go, what track is this? And then they play the sound of the bike and they could pick it out. Like, And I know these FD guys could do it. Like, If you were to do just a foot cam and be like, what, what track is this? I guarantee a Chelsea would know, uh, you know, an Osbo would know. I mean, basically any of the guys would know. 
Stuff like that would be cool. <clears throat> Interesting. I Maybe gotcha. I'll start with the speed trace. Yeah. A speed trace would be neat. Or because the, the, how, the how speed get... trace is pretty distinctive. So you can you could see ah. How, I know what track that is. How many years of data could we go back? Could we see how much faster Atlanta has gotten over even the last three or four years? Or like how much faster a car gets from first practice run till final battle? Take somebody who won, right? Like a, uh, and when Kristaps won or something, did he get faster that entire weekend? And you'd be able to see his leads and his chases and things like that. Most of the time people do. Yeah. But, well, actually in the past people definitely would get faster as it as it gone through the rounds mm -hmm. now people are so gripped up and so crazy out the gate because you need it the whole time yeah um i think the actual mile per hour difference is probably less than it used to be hmm. they're just faster all the time now oh like because before people would be like speed. okay let me Right. No, no. They'd be like, oh, let me add a little bit more grip after I win the 32 battle. Okay. Let me do a little bit more after 16. Let me do this as I keep going. Now it's like, oh, crap, dude. I have this dude in 32. This is what I got. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're right. having to so drive at 10 tenths more often than, than previously. Right. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of that's the data and all that stuff. So that would be interesting to collaborate on some ideas there. And see what we can put together. But uh, it would be really cool if we had actual old data. Yeah. Like old GPS speed data and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's too many people that would have it from... There might be a couple guys. You know, 15 years ago. I feel like a Mike Kojima would be the kind of guy who would hoard that kind of information. Where like he just has like a closet full of like old CDs or... You know, like <laughs> mini discs or something weird with all that info on yeah. it. Yeah, see, I wonder if they had, uh, I don't know if they had GPS in Dice Car back then. In the old S chassis? Yeah, because, let's see, I put GPS in in 2007. Okay, I mean, that's still, but was that in Forsberg's car? Yeah, Okay. but I don't know, 2007, 2008, something like that. Uh, I think it was 2007. Um, but I don't know who else was doing that then. Can we can we talk about that? Can we like I don't think a lot of people know that you used to crew chief for Forsberg and like uh -huh. I, you got crew chief of the year three times, ten podiums, five wins, and at least one championship with him. At least something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably about right. <laughs> But yeah. like that, I mean, that alone uh, is, is incredible. Um, so how did you move from, how did you steal Tony Angelo's job? Who was the, uh, <laughs> who was kind of doing this job before you? No, I'm just kidding. I know you mm -hmm. didn't take it. Um, I feel like Tony would be a good fighter anyways. <laughs> yes. I've seen that also. <laughs> <laughs> With Tony fighting? I mean, you were around in the Drift Alliance days. I'm sure there's a lot of stories from back then. Right. Yes. There are, there are some old, old time stories. I was actually just, uh, talking to the girlfriend about that okay. the other day. I need to dig out those old DVDs and, uh, actually have her, have her watch those, you know, cause, uh, yeah, there's some, some old, old wild times back in the day. 
We were watching some uh, some guy that was making his uh, tiny home out of some crappy van. Okay. And it reminded me of one of those videos has a crappy van that they drove across the country. And I couldn't remember. If, I think it was the second one. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't remember. But uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, we need to find that and see. Because now people are taking those junks and making them into tiny homes, you know? So Back, back yeah. when, that was Always, like what oh. you guys had to do. And now people are making it a luxury item. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I guess like how did you how did you get into that role? Like how did you I guess go from being a crew chief into kind of running the show? Um, <laughs> I guess long long story short, um, I I'd, I'd had my fun, and I, I needed to move on and and do something else. Right. So um, I. Uh, I, I I left Forsbergs and this happened to show up pretty promptly. So that was that was a solid deal. So uh, I don't know. Few few weeks later, started trying to figure out what the other side does. You know, because that was. Uh, I mean, I was actually talking to the the OD and field about this. I think at PRI that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's so weird because you spend, you know, I had three years with Falcon, okay, doing Cruci for their stuff prior to that, yeah, and then so obviously all your clothes, your whole entire life is all covered in Falcon stuff, and I mean like I'm always wearing some damn thing, you know, from something all the time, yeah, you know, and then we, you know. Did Chris Forsberg racing? So everything I owned was those clothes because obviously you couldn't wear the old ones because that was Maxis and you know right. and then then it was Hankook and you know what I mean like your whole life gets all wrapped up in this stuff you can't find a photo of you not in those items yeah and then you literally just flick the switch and now your life changes and now you can't you can't wear that stuff anymore no you can't be that you've been wearing forever now you have to do this instead. So it's it's a it's a weird mental thing because they they went through all the same things like all their everything they had had Falcon on it yeah you know throughout the shop you know their shirts their hats their all their social every photo that you've done for you know years and years and it's just an interesting thing because you know it's kind of like a life altering thing that you kind of didn't realize when you did it yeah but uh. Yeah, you get get used to it and come comes around becomes normal again. Now you just have like FDT shirts and Dr Pepper shirts, and that's about it. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Seven Eleven mm -hmm. every day, every day, all day. Yeah. If you can work on the Seven Eleven deal, you let me. You let me know. Yeah, I, I mean, I did see some. Uh, I think it's from an awards banquet photo of you like rocking a Seven Eleven T shirt. So probably, yeah. It was it was back. Yeah. It was a few years ago. It wasn't recent. Yep. Be, I mean, that'd be a great partnership to get in with FD. Imagine having like a little pop-up like right in the pits where they just have a Slurpee machine or something. Oh, they, if they had fountain soda right there, it it would be just mind-blowing. Do you do you that really would be ridiculous? Do you really drink that much Dr. Pepper? I can't say anything. I drink I I figured out how much coffee I drink in a week and it's it's actually insane. So I can't really say anything, but uh I, I'm just curious. I I do drink more than normal human probably should. Okay, fair. 
But, like I said, but, but I don't drink coffee. I don't drink anything else. I don't. That, that's literally breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, everything's all right there. It's, it's Dr Pepper, though. Pretty much. Like, is there any variation to that? Like di- diet, or like, do you get any like the weird like? No. Okay, I'm just checking. No. What? What's your no full 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 bore? No, no. Uh, yeah, I'm not not no NutraSweet, no whatever the hell that other stuff is that they put in all that. No, forget that. Have you, we'll just go full tilt, all corn syrup all day. Have you, I'm assuming you've tried Doc X. What, what is your thoughts there? Is it, is it at least a competitor in that race? I mean, it, it's, it's similar. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's got a, it's, it's got more of a, I would say more of a Mr. Pib to right. it. Than a right. Dr. Pepper. Okay. Um, a true kind of But it also has the added uh, caffeine and it's it's more of a jittery thing. Yeah. It's a it's a barks to a mug kind of thing if we're going root beer. I don't know if you even drink root beer if that's sacrilegious, but it seems have a little little bit more of a bite to it. Right. It's got a got a different flavor to it, and you know, it's just got that extra caffeine hit kind of, you know, uh like an energy drink slash Dr. Pepper thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Did you, every, every once in a while, I will consume one. <laughs> Did you, could you keep up with the Dr. Pepper habit when you were doing like FD Asia, FD Japan, all that stuff? Is that, is it pretty well distributed? Um, I figured it out in Japan. Okay. You can actually get it at the vending machines. If you find the right ones, they have it. Interesting. But it's like most foreign countries, it's the sugar version. Oh, it's not corn syrup. Like it actually is like cane sugar. Okay. Right. So then to me, it's wicked sweeter. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it's odd. So yeah, I, I can't hammer those down. Like I hammer these down Yeah. because yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the same. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had pretty decent luck. I think, uh, I want to say most every country, I think I found it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't found it in Qatar and I found it in Saudi Arabia and I found it in almost all of those countries. Usually you could come up on it somewhere. Wow. You've, yeah. Cause you're, you're pretty well traveled. I, I did a little bit of stalking and, and kind of saw your, your history of travel and it's, it's actually quite impressive all the places you've been over the years. Been to a lot of ridiculous places, yeah. And it's it's crazy. I mean, it's drifting. Yeah. You know? You're it's it's what I like, you know, when uh when I started getting into this stuff, I yeah, I never expected any of this. Right. You know, to to be able to go to, you know, tons of Middle Eastern countries that we've been to, mm-hmm. tons of South American countries. All, all types of countries all over Asia. Yeah. All types of things that I just, you know, a, as a kid working on cars and then you start working on a race car. Okay, now we're going to go to Texas. Yay, now we're going to go to here. Right. And it's like, you, you don't really expect that you're going to end up in Honduras. Colombia. And in uh, El yeah. Salvador and Colombia and yeah, you know, Panama a whole bunch of times. Really? And it's like, yeah. Huh. We used to do a demo every year in Panama. We did. We need to get this. Okay, listen. Now, now that I am like official FD staff, we need to get back on this world tour stuff. I think. I think you and I need to sit down. Let's have some conversations with them. Like, okay, look at. We need to. 
you get back into this. <laughs> yep. Yep. So no, I mean, <laughs> and like when, when we used to do FD Asia, I mean, that one was a good time too. Cause we'd go to Singapore every year. Yeah. Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand. I think I only went to once cause it got canceled elections. And yeah, yeah a lot of that other stuff is, different in other countries how they do stuff like that mm. like oh it's an election year so we're not going to do an event i'm like what okay yeah <laughs> who cares let's go racing <laughs> you know but uh yeah i mean it's it's been bizarre there's people that i run into and they're like oh i went to this country i'm like oh that's cool i've been there too they're like what but what do you do <laughs> you know because i mean who goes to Qatar? Yeah. Who goes to you know all these different places? And uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting. Are you an FD fan who attends live events? Well, right now for the podcast listeners only, we're offering five dollars off each ticket purchased on Formula Drift website by using FD Podcast when you check out. That is FD Podcast. I don't know if you need to capital the FD, but. Try it either way. So head over to formuladrift.com, pick up the tickets, then enter code FDPODCAST, get $5 off all eight events this year. It's our 20th season. Head over. If you're going, save five bucks. Might as well. Is there one place you would move to? Like if you, let's say you got kicked out of the US tomorrow, where where would you go? Don't say Canada. Not that we don't want you here. I'm just, it's an easy pick. Uh, is it? Is it an easy pick? I, I think okay. so. I mean, I'm biased. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, slightly biased. Huh? Super no, biased. Uh, <laughs> um, it's funny. Canada has never really been on my list. Really? For some reason. Okay. I guess because I'm I'm a Southern Californian. Right. My, my thing was like, oh, you're going to move out of the country? You move to Mexico because it's 80 miles yes. away. <laughs> it's, same, it's same, not, but different. It's not. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not. It's not a big deal. But, uh. I mean, I did see some cool videos and stuff on YouTube about some of the stuff in Canada, but I guess <laughs> I would want to go further video. north, further north. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would want to get far out. But then at that point, what do you got five months of insane winter, you know? Yeah. That might be a bit much. If you like snow, so. Canada's a great place. If you don't like snow, it's not a great place. We had snow the other day. Yeah. Like, so, but yeah, okay. So, okay, yep. Canada off off the list. Where where are you going? <laughs> um, I considered Japan for a little while. Okay. Um, because I think I think you know, obviously, if you get down into it, the the hard part of moving out of country is you need to find a country that's stable. Mm, right. Because I was considering uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, a few of those countries. Because it's like, okay, cool, like sell everything. Let's get the hell out of here. And you could go there and retire forever. Yeah, live like Kings. Yeah. But if there decides to be some weird political thing and it could be a disaster overnight in a lot of those countries, it's happened a whole bunch of times. Yeah. That's fair. You know, in, in recent times, you yeah. know, so it's kind of one of those things like, Oh, if every seven years this happens, well, I don't really want to bother with that crap, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things like, that's why I kind of was starting to look in Japan. Cause I was like, well, at least Japan is stable, <laughs> you know, and then just get someplace out in the countryside and just go hang out. You <laughs> know, that'd be pretty cool. I get, I could see you doing that. <clears throat> do you think you'd still stay in drifting or do you think maybe go even deeper, like go work F just FD Japan or switch over to D1 GP or something? <laughs> 
No. <laughs> no. No. Not 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 doing that. Okay. But okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, it would it would depend. Yeah. If, if if sages still let me fly back and forth between rounds and I could live in a different country, hell yeah, dude, I'd be down. That's fair. You know that that that'd be cool, and then you could just go to the local events when you're when you're there, and that'd be cool. Are you are you consuming a lot of drifting, like when you're not actively working? Not as much as I used to. Okay. I I used to watch a lot more. You know, like basically, like oh, the the you know the round would be done and Sunday or whatever. Then I'd watch the full thing from the you know yeah. review, especially when you're when you're on the team side because you're trying to figure everything else out. Right. But more on this side, it's like okay, well, um, my ass is kicked. Basically, I'm done. Yeah. I, <laughs> Sunday, I'm destroyed. <laughs> I don't want to look at another damn car. You know, because usually by the time we get out, it's been. You know, just like the teams, it's five, six hours after everything's over before we're packed up and ready to roll. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those things. So then when I get home, I watch a few things here and there. But uh, I guess mostly I watch FT Japan. I'll watch that when it's on and, uh, you know, just see how stuff's going over there. But, yeah, I don't don't consume as much as I used to. But I want to start getting back out to the track more. Okay. And just kind of hanging out and stuff and you know do, do you drive you know, at all i wish like, i had more time yeah no we all do we all wish we had more time you know well because I, mm. I, I i wish i could have made it to ls fest the one in vegas right yeah but, they look pretty crazy i don't know well yeah we'll we'll see i don't know it, it's possible to get there between atlanta and orlando but we'll see if i get inspired or not yeah it's a because i'm doing one in texas in dallas yeah I was super tempted to stick down like in the States for that time, but I, I got to come back for work stuff. So and then even still, I'm like, cool, yeah. I'm wasting all this time just to fly back to then fly basically out again. Gets, right. gets tough. But yeah, but no, you were asking about driving, but no, I mean, when I started getting involved in drifting, I mean, I, I was basically, obviously I'm in it for the cars. Right. I was in, in it for the cars and I did a little bit of drag racing and screwing around on the freeway and stuff like that. But I'd never even seen drifting when all this stuff first started and they brought over the Japanese drivers and all that. And, and I was like, oh, okay, like this is what it is. Oh, look, they're always broken. Okay, cool. So started working on them and back and forth. But um, I mean, once it got to the point where probably I could start doing more stuff like that, dude, I was I was already working with, People that are amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it was one of those things like, okay, cool. I could say that I drift around and do stuff, but I w work with Forsberg and I travel with JR and I do this like, you know, yeah. I'm already so far behind. It was one of those things like I got enough to do already. And it's not like you're, uh, you know, rich and I can afford to go smash everything up and try to learn, um, I can't learn in their cars. At least I don't want to, <laughs> you know, you make any mistakes to cost too much, you know, but yeah, it was one of those things that was really never really my thing, I guess. It, I didn't want to be the drift driver on the podium. That was never my plan. Yeah. So my, my plan was to be the crew chief that got the guy on the podium and that was good enough for me. So yeah, that was 
just kind of where my passion was anyways with the mechanical side. You know, this is probably the most I've talked to anyone in weeks. <laughs> Talking to anyone for an hour and 20 minutes. Normally that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm happy to do it. I mean, I'm, this is, I mean, obviously it's like kind of my, part of my job is, is just talking for a living. I mean, my nine to five, I'm basically in meetings for eight to 10 hours a day. So I'm talking constantly. So that's when they said, hey, we'll pay you and put you in front of a microphone. I'd be like, oh, cool. So it's just another day in the office, just a different person on screen. So, <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, are you, uh, so I, I was going back like through some old interviews and actually like quick shouts out to the, to the Maximum Driftcast guys. Um, there was a question they asked there, which was, what vehicles would you like to see more of? And you had mentioned like crossovers. Is that still something that you think can happen? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there is there like one you in know, particular, like a, a CX three or something like that? It's perfect. I have one in the driveway. Oh, do you? <laughs> I didn't even know that. That wasn't even like a, a, yeah, a plug. No, no. I Great mean, car though. Like, Great car. <clears throat> you know. Yeah. I mean, like that would be a perfect car. The wheelbase is awesome. He scoped this you out, know, haven't it, you? It, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have one in the driveway. That's why you know. That's why I don't have any project cars because all of them will become project cars. Right. Right. But that that's next. Next is the project car. But uh, um, that's that's this year's project is the project car. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean like those. What is it? Um, I looked into HRVs, yep. CRVs, Rav fours. Problem is, is so many of those now are getting so big. Yeah, even the even the small ones, like, right? Right, like you you know you get a Rav four from twenty fourteen. It's much more reasonable size. Right. You get a 2022, 2023 RAV4. Damn thing's huge. Might as well be, you know, you're getting like full size truck territory, you know? Right. And uh, getting getting the middle ground ones, I think, is where we need to kind of settle in on. Um, but like the CX3 is like a prime example or the CX30 or whatever the hell the new one is. Yeah, the new one's the third, um, I think. Is good layout good size. You can obviously get the height out of it to get it more car height. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be the way to go in the future. If some of these things wanted to come around, hmm. I think that would be great. So it'd just be like similar to what you do with a Subaru or an Audi or something, something that's all wheel drive. Okay, cool. Pull the, pull the stubs out of the front or something, you know, lock out the diffs and then, and then just go. I don't know. If well, I just six, turn, turn yeah. the whole motor, turn everything. Oh, okay. So just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can take the transmission tunnel out. So I hack the transmission tunnel out, flip the motor to the side, throw something short in there, like a V6 or something. Yeah. And uh, obviously rear mount rad on that and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. send it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I saw... It's not quite the same, but uh, there's a guy locally that's got a Porsche Cayenne that he's been drifting around. Absolutely loves it. He's like, this is incredible. He's like, it's mm -hmm. great. It's balanced. It drives well. It's got power. Like... He's like, yeah, it's expensive, yep. but I mean, it's not that expensive in comparison to getting into something, you know, relatively new. So I think his was, uh, I mean, 2010, maybe. And yeah, looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I like obscure drift cars. So like, I don't, as soon as someone's like, oh, it's this thing. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, if somebody's built it before, I'm not really that interested in it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, like some of those would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, bring in something different and odd. And obviously, 
you know, the newer, the better for manufacturer type involvement of trying to get stuff going. Right. But I mean, even if somebody brought in something from 2015 or something, who cares? At least yeah. it's something more that you can see a whole bunch of. But I mean, there's cars now that were super difficult to bring in previously. Okay. Because like front wheel drives, it had like a beam axle in the back. Or right. I had something else ridiculous that without doing a whole bunch of special provisions just for that car, basically you couldn't make them run. Because mm. you have to keep that rear suspension geometry. So even if you made a thing, now you're stuck with this jacked up suspension that you might as well just stay home if you're going to try to run with that because it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> but... So many of those vehicles now have gone to IRS in the back with a, with a true subframe. Mm -hmm. So now there's potential to chuck a rear end or a quick change in the back, do the transmission tunnel, turn the motor, and now you got a party. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's quite a few cars now, I think starting 22, 23, that are IRS in the back now. So hopefully that'll open up... Um, the market a little bit because rear wheel drive cars are definitely uh it's a dying breed <clears throat> right just is what it is yeah it sucks yeah so i hope to hopefully see. that'll come around yeah i agree too like i said I, I i want more obscurity i want more difference i just i don't know it's it's cool to see how competitive we've gotten it's cool to see like more corvettes coming in and all that stuff like but i'm like okay yeah do something different so i was excited with like <clears throat> Hearst car, he's he's gonna be hopefully moving to an XLR next year, which is basically a Corvette, but it's not. So it's different. So like if, from my understanding right. and from what he said, everything should bolt up to it. So it's like cool, you have all the advantages of the Corvette, but now you have something that looks so different than anything else that's on the field right now. So I was like hope like a cross or like a, a crossfire or something would have jumped in. I was like, I like the Solstice, like or the Pontiac Sky, like those were cool. Um not the most competitive things in the world, but, you know, could you bring one back now and make it competitive? Probably. Because at this point, we're tearing cars down to almost nothing anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, I think probably the hardest part with those cars was getting the suspension and all the all the geometry front and rear to work properly. I don't, I don't know anything about and, their geometry. And, is it, is uh, it some sort of weird, like, arm setup? In the front, there was something to do with the way the hubs were configured, trying to get the get angle okay. and have have the have like any kind of feedback. Okay, that you basically just had to know where your wheels were because they would just stay there. Oh, like, like that it, wouldn't, type of thing. it wouldn't like self steer but, back or anything. Right, it didn't. It didn't have a. It didn't have any trail like in the knuckle. Mm. Once you modified it to make angle and then it had its weird thing in there and in the rear i can't remember it it did have like a weird hanging diff setup but i don't remember what the what the actual arms or anything else look like but mm. you never know could be yeah. something to, to to revisit you know chuck an ls in it like everything else and <laughs> go for it you know is there is there speaking of ls is there an engine we're sleeping on right now like i personally i'd say om606 um i'm a big diesel drift fan and those Black Smoke Racing guys, every time they produce a video, just makes me giggle like a little schoolgirl. 
Um, but is there is there any other engine that we haven't developed that maybe like we just feel like we're sleeping on? I I was looking at like the Ford just came out with like another seven three pushrod gas where I'm like, okay, where could this go? It's stupid heavy, so probably not very far. But if somebody makes an aluminum block for it, okay, now we're in a different conversation. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see some of the Ford, like, I guess the, you know, the modulars in there with Pollock, basically, right? Yeah. Is when he had one. Um, but I mean, the RTR guys run all the NASCAR stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's like, maybe there's, I'd like to see one of the V6, like, EcoBoost turned way the hell up just yeah. to see what it could get done. Cause I'm pretty sure they're buff. You know, they're in the Ford GT, they were running, obviously um, modified different, and they're in GT3 cars, they're in a few different things now. Right. Something that's like that, I think would be really cool and probably has a lot of potential in the future <laughs> um, because it's newer and coming along. It's not digging something else out that's old. Um, is that just like the aftermarket world know. has to jump on it? Like that's nobody. No, it's hard to be the first, right? It's it's really expensive right. and frustrating to be the first guy to develop a new engine like that, right? Um, right, because it's hard because you're gonna you're gonna not be successful. Yeah, yeah. Unless you can, in, unless you can develop it on the side, you know. Otherwise, if you're gonna come straight out with it, you're gonna be like, "Cool, we don't make enough power. Let's make more." Oh look, now we broke it. Yeah. Oh look, now we need to order this. Now we need to make. You know, just it's, it's going to be a, right. It's going to be a constant problem on trying to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see something different. Yeah. If, if they're going to do it, I'd rather have it be really different. Not a, you know, 10 cylinder push rod, whatever, you <laughs> yeah. know, something, something different, you know? Um, like a hybrid setup. Like obviously we had the electric there for a little bit, like, Potentially a hybrid, you know, gas electric that shifts in between the two or something like that. Right. No, I mean, well, gas engine wise, it'd be cool. I mean, like, I'd like to see somebody do a Ferrari swap or a Lamborghini swap on something dumb. Chuck one of those in a, in a you know, yeah. E46. Yeah. You know, there's, do, there's, do something different besides an LS, even if it's from the wrong car, you know, just change it up something different. But I think the hybrid thing would probably be coming. Yeah, at some point, I um, I'm shocked that we haven't seen a a, a Tesla setup yet. I, I I'm legit. Like obviously, we we saw what happened with Napoleon Motorsports and things like that, and I think they ran into their own issues. I would love to get more info on that whole whole situation, but I still think there's a ton of room for it. There's so much development going on with those those motors right now. Yep. Yeah. No. It. I think for the chassis they were in and the tire size they were on and everything else, they couldn't necessarily make enough power. Mm. It's a big chassis. Um, right. Just cause it's, cause it's heavy and they were on a big tire and yeah. I think it, you know, didn't quite have it in that aspect, but I mean, you chuck that in an FRS or something. There, there is, there's guys you know? right now. Um, funny enough, uh, Josiah from FDF, that's what his brother is doing mm -hmm. is, I don't know mm. if it's Teslas, but electric FRS race cars. So that's interesting you bring that up because there's a real legitimate possibility that could happen considering 
Josiah's and his brother Joel's drifting heritage, uh, obviously. So, yep. I didn't see Josiah this weekend, so I might have to bug him about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, there's one of the one of the companies has one of their demo vehicles. I think is an E36 Hmm. that they run around in and do stuff. So, I mean, there's you know with the Tesla in the back, and uh, I mean. I think if you can get the weight down and you can get the the rest of it sorted out, that the batteries would last long enough, or you could give it a little uh, quick charge between runs. Um, I think it'd hot be really swap. cool. I think a hot swap would be the way to go. Right. Like if you could if you could have it so it trays out and then another one locks in, that would solve a lot of those issues. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean that that would be the way to do it. Just hot swap from under the hood. Yeah. Yeah, or, or something like a, uh, I think it's like a Ben Sopa kit for a GTR where like the whole front end, like fenders and everything comes up and you just pull a whole tray out, wheel it out, goes on a cart. Next one wheels in and you need, it's like swapping nitrous tanks basically. Just it's the entire battery right. unit. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Yep. Just just bring it out right right from the front grill and just go for it. Yeah. Because the, yeah, then, especially no. if you had it kind of along the floor, right? Like you could you could basically build a false floor in the car and then have that battery pack be be as much of the floor as you need with just a shell around it. I mean, I don't know. With, with that car in particular, like, did you, I'm assuming there was conversations ahead of time, but like, was there, I, I remember that Long Beach had some issues with their, the fire suppression wasn't up to par, if I remember correctly. Was there a lot of back and forth with, with that car? Um, or, or a lot of learning or uh, how did that go? Yes. No, uh, the... We talked a lot as it was coming together. Okay. And they'd send me pictures of, you know, how of the the battery box and how it was assembled and how they were doing the cells. And this was the idea for flooding it if a cell did start to, you know, get in a thermal runaway and like all the things. And they made an instruction manual. And I mean, we, I think we did a pretty damn good job and they did a pretty good job of getting everything together. And we had, you know, the proper gloves, we had the sticks, we had all the things to access it and to shut it down and do all those procedures. But with the city of Long Beach, it has to it has to be a vehicle that they're trained on. Ah, okay. So since obviously there was no way to do training properly for them, even we did do a walkthrough we did do, it's not the same. And since that was the first round of the season, basically they didn't want to be the guinea pig. Right. So, okay. yeah, that basically kind of just shut that whole deal down, which is pretty unfortunate for opening that way. But yeah. once mm-hmm. we got to the other tracks, the other tracks, you know, I'd hand them the brochure thing and <laughs> show them the deals. And the dudes are like, eh, all right, whatever. You Sounds know, like you guys let's try it out, up. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, you know, Atlanta was the first test and it went pretty well. And once we got to quite a few of the other tracks, people, okay, that's cool. No big deal. You guys are going in first if there's a problem. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it, you know? <laughs> And they just let us try it. And I mean, it was, I think it was a, a good experiment. I think it was successful. Yeah. You know, it obviously, it obviously worked. The proof of concept was there. Yeah. Um, just unfortunate it couldn't run at that one round. And yeah. I think that would still be, 
a future hurdle of trying to figure that out going forward. If we do do a hybrid or if we do do um, another all electric is figuring out how to get past that. Just, yeah, for Long Beach. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe with a bit more yeah. time or if it was done ahead of time or something and, and you could send it over. You but know. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's one of those things that almost has to be like manufacturer involvement. Right. Okay. Come on, Elon. Like if it was... Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know? If it's yeah. like, oh, come down to our Hawthorne factory and we'll show you the race car and how it works and we'll do all the training and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Then we rolled into Long Beach, probably be fine. But I think it's the, uh, it's the, the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. that at least if there's a manufacturer behind it, they'll be like, Oh, then it must work, yeah. you know? And they just leave it alone and let you go play. <laughs> Fingers crossed at least. Right. Exactly. So have you ever thought of, Placing the name of the driver that has a rule created for them within the rule book. Like I, I look at like I think it's section five Ooh. one about batteries. And I, if I remember I don't remember the driver, but a battery was about all batteries must be connected and in use at all times. Because I believe people were using like RV batteries as ballasts. And I'd just be curious oh, if, if yeah. you if if we could like just start putting the names of the driver that inspired that rule per se. Just so we have like an ongoing history, I would be curious what driver, what drivers' uh, creations have created the most amount of rule changes. I I I would put it somewhere either between Chelsea or Papadakis, but I could be way off base on that. Um. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some uh, some good ones. So brake uh, brake bias comes to mind. Left right brake ballast. I think that was a Chelsea thing where he had a knob inside the car. Wasn't him? No, that's Forsberg. Oh, okay. So did hang on. That's did you that's, have that's that? Brian. That's Brian from MA. Uh, Hi, Brian. Okay. <laughs> I was curious. Like, did you? Okay. Maybe we'll get I'll give you a minute. But did you have to? Was there anything you were doing as a crew chief that you then had to rule out later? <laughs> yes. Really? Can you say what it was? Sure. I, I think we're past the statute of limitations now. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's 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 why it's why I made the rule. Um, but uh, no, Sorry, I mean, Chris. so so b- back to the back to the 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 previous thing with the brake bias, right? Okay. Um, so like that one. Obviously, when I found it, I was like, oh, that's a damn good idea. Yeah. It's not against the rules. Yeah. So see you next year on that one. You know what I mean? So they they had a full pull on that one all the way through. And then basically the the reason of that was to, so the judges can't see you locking up the front wheels. Oh. So you could... With, were they changing it so mid run? No, if you're like at the uh, on the bank at Irwindale, right? Yeah. You're chucked in. That wheel would lock up and then smoke. Yeah, the front left, right? Right. So you yeah, you you go the other way, so the brake pressure doesn't lock that wheel. Huh. So it's uh, so then could you, then you don't get a deduction from the judge. It's like 
he's locking his front wheel because he doesn't lock the front wheel. So there's no left right brake ballast now or bias at all now, right? Okay. You Correct. can still do a front back, and I believe you can still have front back yep. in the car. That one you can adjust. Yes. Okay. But no yeah. left, right. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why hmm. I did that rule. And then I made another rule that any device that is designed to uh, basically deceive the judges is also illegal. Okay. And that's a so general I usually throw a, ca- a catch all in there somewhere. Yeah. I'd be curious what what that stemmed from. What do you mean? Like, I'd, I'd be curious, like, if if that, like, did that come from something in particular or was that just... That like came a, from that. <clears throat> that came from that. That okay. came from okay. that. So you right. did a specific right. and then a generalistic rule to, like, blanket yeah. in case somebody tried something yeah. else. Okay. Right. Just a double catch. Just because, obviously, if there's some way to make something appear different... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then it's, it's probably to your benefit, right. you know, um, especially in the judges there, you know, you kind of have to go down the path of, oh, this happened and then this happened. So therefore it's this guy's fault or what have you. Right. If you're doing something that makes things look different, then you could win and it's not necessarily real. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So back to the other one. Yeah. Um, the subframe height in the chassis. Okay. So spacing, spacing so, subframes. Correct. Because depending on the car you have, some of those gaps are big. And before you could do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. So on the chassis, if you need to change your anti-squat, instead of moving all the arms, because I want to say then we had a one-inch rule that you could move the arms. Yeah. Or maybe we had, because it went back and forth. We had a one inch back in the day, then it went to zero. And then, so somewhere in that thing, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So <laughs> I just turned the whole damn subframe. <laughs> you just spaced it. Wow. So I just spaced, I spaced it one direction. So mm-hmm. one way basically went up, one way went down. So I could jack it the way I wanted to go. Was that... Did like did that was that inspired by any of the drag racing stuff or was that just a geometry thing where you looked and you're like, hey, I can't do this. Where else could I move this? Right. Basically, I was just trying to get more grip out of the car for what we were what we were doing at the time, right. and that was the only thing left in the toolbox that I could do because I couldn't without actually redesigning the hub and the whole entire spindle and moving everything around. Mm-hmm that was the easiest way to do it. Hmm. And then I could actually easily change grip too. Cause I could add a quarter inch. Yeah. I could add a half inch and then better, better. Cool. Oh, too much. Okay. Do this, <laughs> change it back. Boom, 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 done. You know, and you just let it roll. And that, that worked out pretty good, but I believe it was when the Camaros came out, the later, whatever generation Camaro that is. Like Tyler McQuarrie's Camaro? Yes, okay. like that, like that, like that style. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, oh, it was Conrad. Oh, okay. It was Conrad Grunewald. Grunewald, yeah. Um, that one had a spacer. I want to say it was like, it was, it's, it's huge. It's whatever <laughs> it is in the rule book. It's gigantic. So you would have had so much room. 
you could be ridiculous if you wanted to. Ah. Uh. So, because you could, I mean, you could probably move it three inches if you felt like it. You know, doesn't move the suspension point that far because the way the pivot is. But yeah. I was like, all right, either way, I'm going to chuck this in the rulebook and finish this one off. Yeah. So that was a big pain in the ass too, and still is a pain in the ass trying to get that through tech. But whatever. Yeah. Live and learn. Is it? Is there? I, I guess is there like any other good rules in there? I here. Okay, here's one for you. There's always been concern of uh, of traction control. Is that yes. ever? actually been confirmed that people were using it or that somebody tried to use it? Oh, I'm sure it's been tried. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 as far as I know, no one's ever been caught. Okay. Um, but it is very difficult to do at this point. Right. To try to figure that out. Right. Because um, there's so many different strategies and different ways you can get to the end goal, um, it's it's pretty hard to kind of monitor that. That's why we went with the removing of the speed sensors on the wheels. On yeah. the wheels and removing of the drive shaft sensor and removing of some of those items just to add to the complication. Right. So now you're because, just using GPS and then which is not perfect. Well, if you use that, what are you using for your other side? Now you have to use gear position. You have to use clutch slip. Mm-hmm. You have to use engine RPM. You have to put all these together to try to make it work the way you want. Right. Because it's not, you know what I mean? You'd have to have it all math built out ahead of time. So it's just kind of one of those things to make it, you're going to have to spend a lot, a lot of time in it to make it work right. Could you? And that's, Kind of the, you know, I'm not there yet, but soon. Yeah. Uh, could you not take a really good run and then, like, uh, essentially get the ECU to run that again? So, like, let's say, it, like, it, you do a practice run that you feel is really good. Could you not then, okay, cool, as soon as I get into fourth, the throttle is just going to do what it needs to do, and all I have to do is drive at that point. Because I remember, I remember, I think, I think it was James would play a lot with his... Uh, with his rev limiter, and you would you would hear how the car would kind of change in between practice, and it seemed like, and I, I can't confirm this, that he would <clears throat> something like a, an Irwindale, he would just set his rev limiter exactly where he needed it to be, and then hold the car there. And cool, like I don't need to modulate now. I can do a lead run and just let it go. I come in, cool. I hit a button. Now I have full rev limiter, and I can do whatever the hell I want and chase. That uh, that isn't against the rules, I would assume. Not really. But, yeah, but would I mean the you know in in theory, as long as it's not in a feedback loop, okay. So I mean, if you were using drive shaft speed, RPM, something else based on position or based on time or based off of something else, mm-hmm. that's a feedback loop that's controlling something. Okay. If it's if it's literally like. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, like everybody used to do back in the day. I'm not going fast enough. You reach over and turn up your boost controller. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 one of those things. I I guess on that, I mean, one, you're never gonna be able to take that away. Yeah. You'd never be able to to 
And even if you did, I don't even know if you'd want to. Why would you want to, you know what I mean? You're opening up such a can of worms. That's like, you know, that's the same as people like, oh, you should make it be a fixed tire pressure. Like, how the hell are you going to enforce that in real life? You'd have to check. It's a great yeah. theory, but well, hot, cold, before burnout, before the second run. Right. Like, right. And, you know, oh, it's, it's, it, oh, it just started raining. Do we have a rain temperature or rain pressure or, you know what I mean? Like, Everybody what the hell the are we doing down. with our lives? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, you're just, you're going to make all types of drama for no reason. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, if it's something that the driver's doing that's in their routine, like, say when they lead, they leave the line in second gear. Yeah. And then when they chase, they leave the line in first gear. So they have a little bit if someone's dicking around. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to be like, that's not exactly what you did in the other one. I don't care. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's part of the, the strategy and the uniqueness of, of the sport is you can have a little, you can have differences. You can have some playroom. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Is there, have you just based off Long Beach, are there already changes you're looking at for next year? <laughs> not yet. Not not nothing nothing yet in concrete. There's okay. there's always there's always like a you know, I'll see something and I'll make like a random note, you know, like, oh, we should clarify this better. Uh, or I'll make another damn illustration to explain <laughs> what this two words means. You know what I mean? Like, so yes, so some of that stuff there's there's always, you know, yeah. it's constantly evolving. Um but yeah, not nothing yet that stands out that I want to try to change around yet. I, uh, I was curious because it seems like RTR has made some crazy changes in the rear end. That's the, they were talking about the new suspension, um, and that's why they're running those aero disc things, which honestly, I am shocked past your tech. I figured with the wing rule that we don't want things coming off cars that they wouldn't they would fall in within that, but that was my interpretation of it. So um, um the the wheel discs are are interesting yeah and if they were hubcaps or they spun it would definitely be no okay right yeah but they're fixed and they're attached separately to the you know not the lug nuts they're attached separately from the lug nuts yeah um so that was kind of an experiment like basically I said okay we'll, we'll try it if one comes and off, if they, they're all coming off. Right, they <laughs> yeah. come off and they turn to Frisbees, then we're done. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't see any real contact with them. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how that goes. Mm. But... They, like, shred somebody's front tire or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Then or it the becomes... Then it's a whole, the whole thing off... Or right. I'd be more concerned. Problem. I'd be concerned about chasing them, and then you get up real close, and maybe you touch their wheel, and it shreds your tire, which could happen with any wheel. But it not being because con- most guys are running concave, so there's nothing really there to cause something to tear your tire. That would be my only concern as somebody chasing. Yeah, them, like, but I mean, it's 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 plastic. Um, granted, if you caught right on the edge, you would probably grind it up pretty good. Yeah, but. I think for the most part, it'll probably just flex a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. 
you know, to see if it's actually something they want to keep going. I'm curious if that's the, you know, the styling. Cause at first I didn't know if it was going to be all four wheels. Uh, Cause I heard about it a little bit earlier and then I didn't hear anything at all. Mm. And I was like, ah, maybe they just gave up on that whole idea. <laughs> and then I saw them when they got there and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I was like, you're putting the front ones on. And they're like, no, just the rears. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like that's unique. That's interesting. So, but it doesn't, uh, I don't know. So far, no we'll problem. Just, yeah, it's it's always hard at Long Beach because it's such chaos bringing everything in all at once and trying to absorb everything, just like Atlanta's going to be bringing in everybody for a prospect. Yeah. Trying to, I guess, figure out if you want to make these decisions or not. I don't want to do you know, a knee jerk reaction and be like, no, that's it. Forget him. Get him out of here. Yeah. And then be like, why? Uh, I just don't feel like it. You know what I mean? Like it could potentially be something that might break. Like it's hard. Yeah. So that's why I want to just, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll feel it out in Atlanta and see how well they go. And, uh, we'll just, uh, see what happens. Cause everybody else that I'm aware of, if it's a hubcap that is like snap on or if it's something that rotates, then it's against the rules. Okay. Something that's fixed. I'm thinking like NHRA yeah. and <clears throat> other stuff. If it's fixed, I mean, you think of uh salt flats. Yeah. They have if it's to, bolted yeah. on. You can have it. Yeah. So kind of using that as my, my precedent and my, it's not really wheel know, to wheel racing on the salt trying lines, it out. Yeah. True, but you know, going 200 miles an hour, you don't want the damn thing flying off either, or 400 or whatever the hell they're doing Too now, sure. you know? No. <clears throat> yeah. um, did we, I say we, I always say we, did, were the, is the cone placement changed this year? Obviously, Dean Carney has some thoughts on that. So that was funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, he, well, Great he always has thoughts. Great clickbait, um, though. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, perfect. So you know, good. you know, rock, rock. Rocking the, the the nice heat waves on that one, yes. I was like, "Damn, yeah, I recognize myself on that one." <laughs> um, but uh, yes, because they they put in a bike lane. Oh, on the street. Oh, okay. so they put in a bike lane on the street. So when they put in the bike lane, they repainted all the lines. Yeah. So all the lines were offset because people were like, "Eh, if you look at the pictures from last year, the lines and this and this." And I was like, "Well, yeah, duh, the lines are different because." It's not, it's not the same. They repainted the road, yeah. Right, so they repainted the road. But the reason why we did the road, or I do the lines, is because in the past, they had contact between there and initiation. Right. Yeah, it was a huge issue. Right. Correct. Yeah. So that's why that cone is on the line, is so they can use that as a reference. Oh. Because that goes all the way down to the stop sign. Okay. So... I didn't want dogs losing his mind. I didn't want to uh, um, ruin that for the judges. Okay. By getting rid of the contact thing, which is usually way more controversial, way more annoying. If you're losing battles and now they can't tell if you crossed over because it was off by 11 inches or something. Yeah on the actual width of the chicane like normal. 
So you can easily fit a car down it because it is a car lane. Mm-hmm. But if you line up an inch and a half from the cone with your right front tire, <laughs> you're going to hit it. So if you were in the middle of the damn road like a normal person, this wouldn't be happening. Right. And <laughs> I get it. But people were hitting the wall and hitting the cones and da-da-da-da-da. I get it. But yeah. that's its job. That's what it's there for. And you're supposed to go through it and then rip. Yeah. Yeah. If meant- you're trying to go through it too fast and you're damaging your own thing, you could do that anywhere. Regardless of how wide it is, I could make it 14 feet wide. If you still want to try to go through it 70, you're going to hit the wall, you know? So, yes. The, the, what started the thing with Dean is on the radio, they said it broke the whole start light because I can't see. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't see anything. Yeah. So it came across that it broke it. Right. And I was like, seriously? It broke my start light. Like, yeah, you know how much time I have to make another one of those after I make 90 of these and 100 of those and this and this? I didn't know you freak made out, them. you know? I didn't know you made those. <laughs> I think there's just a company that yeah, made I, start lights. No, I made those too. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it was one of those things. I'm like, dude, seriously? No one's done that. And it was funny because I forgot who I was talking to. Like, yeah, no one's done that in 20 years. And, and you did it now, and now you're saying it's my fault? Like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so, either way, so I went, obviously talked to Dean about it, you know, and uh, whatever. And uh, then when we had, I think that was end of 32, right? It was 32 to 16, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I went down when he had a break and I went and saw it. And I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. It didn't fall. Then I saw the video and it was the battery and I was like, oh, okay. We're good. Yeah. I, was working, I was working on penalties. I was going to make a, that a problem. <laughs> So I was like, let me, before, <laughs> before I make this too crazy, because in theory, I mean, y- you look at F1. Yeah. You line up not in your spot, you lose all your places or you go to the back. Yeah. Fernando Alonso. Or they DQ your ass. Yeah. Alonso right. just had that happen. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and obviously you can't in drag racing unless you do something ridiculous. But if you ran into the damn Christmas tree drag racing, guess what? You do not win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you run yeah. over all the blocks down the middle doing timing. You do not win. Yeah. You take your ass put on the trailer, you know? So yeah. that's where I was going in my head. And then I was like, okay, let's figure this out. Go <laughs> see how much damage was done. And I'm like, all right. Could have been so much worse for Dean. Uh, right. And I was like, all right, whatever, you know? Okay. Yeah. You hit it. I made marks on the ground of where they cannot line up next to it anymore and let it be. Moving on. Yeah. I I figured, I figured there's probably been a few drivers that have kind of gotten up in your face over the years. Yeah. But I mean, like, what are you going to do? Someone else I know said, well, someone else I know sent me that thing of Dean and stuff. And they're like, oh, can't believe this or whatever. And I was like, not even a big deal. No, like it was like you no, both I mean, like, looked half I've, joking I've, too. Well, I, dude, I've known Dean forever. Yeah, like let's see, probably I guess it'd be two thousand nine, ten. Okay, we drove across country. He was driving the trailer with the Viper in the back with the Dodge thing on it. I was driving the Forsberg semi, mm-hmm. and I think we 
we actually drove to JR's house <laughs> and we parked there at his house. And then we all stayed the night and we hung out and had a barbecue and whatever. And then we all went back down the road. I don't know, probably, I don't remember where the hell we were going for which event, but like I've traveled with all these people forever. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, you know, dude, and it's none of it's personal. No, you know what I no. mean? It's kind of like, you know, and if like, yeah, I mean, he's yelling, we're going back and forth, whatever. It's not like it's a big deal. You know, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, you, you have to say something. You can't say nothing. No, when hundred percent, it's like, if I went up and, you know, kicked his fender and was like, Oh dude, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, he's got. What? You, you really? have to. You have to respond in some way. <laughs> right. Somebody yeah. has to, to say something about it. Uh, no, but just, at least it's good. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it'll get some more Instagram followers for me. You know. Yeah. Because I think that thing got a good amount of views. <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll uh we'll, we'll keep the the rivalry with Dean going for the season. That'll be my my uh. That'll be the you know, My personal amusement. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Upsetting Dean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think okay. I thought it was he's Andy. A, he's, a, he's a good sport. Yeah, I thought I thought it was Andy's job to to upset all the drivers. <laughs> yes. He, well, he he likes yelling. He he likes yelling at all the drivers. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. you know, I, I I try to have a reason for when I'm yelling at the drivers, not just randomly. <laughs> so, we uh, so, we brought a, a new videographer out this year and. Uh, we were like, kind of like doing, okay, here's what you need to know about FD. He's never been to an FD event before. I mean, he's attended, but like never shot it. And I was like, okay. And then we're like standing there and Andy's like walking around the distance. I'm like, that guy right there, if he says anything to you, you say yes, sir. And you do it immediately. He's like, why? And I'm like, don't ask questions. That's Andy. You just do it. Yeah. And I'm like, and if you screw yeah. up, I will hear about it. And I will hear about it for the entire season. So don't do anything stupid. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. If you see that guy, just look the other way and yeah. pretend don't like engage. you're busy and he'll don't probably engage. keep going. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't say hi. Don't say anything. Uh, yeah. I like, I do like Andy. He's actually been, he's been fantastic with me this year. It was, uh, it was funny. We were trying to get drivers wrangled up for the podcast and everyone's busy. Right. And, uh, I was like getting, waiting for people to come in. Andy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just waiting for a couple of drivers to come over. He's like, who are you waiting for? I told him. Two minutes later, he comes by with like, it looked like, you know, a teacher with kindergartners and there's all these drivers and he's like, yep. get on stage, you're doing your podcast. <laughs> it was yep. great. You're like, you guys got to go work now. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I, he's yep. Actually, the, the whole FD staff's been fantastic. It was weird for me to go in and like get a sandwich in Long Beach because I've never been in, allowed in the little gated area before. And I was like a little freaked out by it. So it was, it was good. It was Impressive, good huh? I know. I know. <laughs> See how the other side lives. Um, right, our, our, pri our private gate and some random tables and chairs. Yeah, yeah. The, the private bathroom is really what did it for me. But uh, uh, yeah, yes. that was nice. Um, all right, last last question. Are you ever looking at bringing X-rays back to FD? I know, I know it's happened a couple of times. I know it's prohibitively expensive. But like, uh, is that something that you would ever look at doing again? Or are you just going to, if you're going to do it, you're just randomly going to do it to scare the shit out of people? No, I wouldn't mind bringing it back again. If I had a, if I had a, I guess, good incentive for doing so. Okay, fair. You know? Because, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a process. It's money consuming and it's, you know, kind of a, 
Yeah. It's just kind of a it's big a project going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's you have to be specific enough mm. trying to do it for, you know, 40 cars would probably be unreasonable. Um, but if I wanted to take five or six or something, you know, that would be, that would be fine. Okay. That, yeah. that, that'd be something that, that is still, is still doable and attainable. But, uh, yeah, it'd have to be, uh, there is something worth digging into. Right. Right. The, there, there would have to be a scent trail that would lead you to, to, to getting an x-ray machine. Well, it, it right. It, yeah. It'd have to be something that would be over the top to make it worth it. Ah, okay. Do you, do you get like any jollies out of like trying to find that kind of stuff? Like, is there one of those where you're like, you're like there's something going on here and I'm going to get to the bottom of it? Because <laughs> um, you have I the mean, ability yes, to- I you, guess. You have the ability to think, <laughs> not like, I mean- I guess like the best cops were criminals. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like because you probably in your time bent a lot of rules, you've already, we've already talked about the, the subframe spacing. You have the ability to kind of think in that way of like, okay, if I had this problem, how would I fix this thing? Right. And I mean, I guess a lot of it is, um, I don't really, you know, obviously Obviously, the safety rules have to be in place. Right. All that has to be in place. I try to keep an eye on where obviously it's it's me and and Trey, yeah. and then Chris that comes and helps us out for tech. We're not a hundred person department um, analyzing data and inspecting cars the whole time. So I kind of have to pick and choose my battles, you know. So if you're thirty ninth. I'm probably not coming to bother you too much. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. you know, and there's, if you're um, having a discussion the other day of someone that was in the top five, let's say, and I was like, hey, well, I need you to help me out with this. You know, do this like this, mm-hmm. you know, and then we're good. And it's one of those things, well, but blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you, you're, you're up there now. You have a target on your back. Yeah. You, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be the guy that someone decides to go protest because they don't like something on your car. And now you're screwed. Yeah. You know, so if there's anything that's, so usually though, I, if I can help out and make it be something not crazy and make it, make it be fixed, I'd rather do that. Yeah. Because, I'd rather them settle it on the track than us settling it in a damn office somewhere of who ends up being the champion based on what you're doing. But if it's something that's ridiculous and you're over the top and you're clearly, you know what you did when you did it Um, and you know that's not allowed, now that's different. That's fair game. Yeah. Hmm. And then, you know, there's always stuff that's, you're, being completely, completely ridiculous. Is, this 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 sport is not based on lap time. This is not um, what was it? Uh, was qualifying F one was tied to the thousandth yeah. of a second. Yeah, you it was know? crazy. This is and it not, came down to who just did it not, first. 
Right. This is not that. This is drifting. You know, is it? You, yeah. you don't need that, you know, you don't need that extra bit of insanity, that extra bit of knife edge, you know what I mean? Of your, you know what I mean? It just, maybe you do, but I wish you didn't, I guess. <laughs> is, you know, it's, it's not judged in that fashion. You could do the sickest run ever. And I'd be like, damn, that's a 99. It'll come down from the judges. 87. I'm like, ah, yeah. shit, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, it's not uh, judge. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, you, you move on your way. But that can happen regardless of all this other dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wish some of the stuff was just simpler at some point. But that's I, wishful I, thinking, I guess. I get, I, I know I already said last question, but is there, to, to, to wrap things up, another way to say last question, is there any good, like, like ridiculous thing that you've caught? I mean, we don't have to talk about who it was that, you, that you're able to talk about to, to end this off. Something crazy where you're like, why would you even do this? Like, what benefit? Or like, I can't believe you even tried this or something like that. I've, see, um, my problem is I've heard stories in the pits for years and I don't know how much of this is hearsay and how much of this is driver drama and rumors and stuff. So, well, I mean, there, there was, there was tires that were glued on in the past. Right. So that was, that was one that I'm like, come on. I mean, that makes sense. You to know? Me, though. I get that, but it's written that you can't. Oh, the rule is already in place. It's right there. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, that's kind of a dick move. You know, I'm just yeah. like, ugh, you know? Don't make me come like, talk come to you. On. Yeah. Right. <laughs> why, why are we doing this, you know? And it's one of those things. Um, there's been, you know, illegal weight stuff in the past and that type of thing. Um, but... Some of those things are hard to catch, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you have to get it at that exact point in time because the next round, it may not be there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, you know, hence x-rays, hence all these other things is trying to find these different things that did exist at one point, but I suck and I missed, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's one of those things, but you, you know, you got to keep trying. Yeah. But if you're, if you're doing something that's that over the top, like you mentioned that battery full of concrete, dumb by the way, because it probably, well, I forget what concrete is per, per cubic foot. Uh, you the battery no. was, uh, yeah, I, I want to say it's, I don't know, I, 78 I, I know by cubic meter. I worked in concrete for a long time, so uh, <laughs> I know by cubic so, meter, so yeah. to switch to cubic right. foot would be but, tough. Yeah. But, but, but either way, that being a, a lead acid battery, probably you're, you're not, you're not talking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you're done, you know, so like, yeah, okay, cool. So you, you spent, I don't know, a week adding 10 pounds to your car. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you just throw a damn water bottle in the door? You yeah. know what I mean? Like throw, throw two, two liter bottles of Dr. Pepper, one in each door. I don't care. 
Brooks is ballast and a bribe. It's perfect. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you, but you, you'd be at the same position by the time you were done, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of those things. It's always it's always interesting to see stuff, but I'm like, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. Next whatever. time. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think that's, at least in my mind, probably the best spot we can we can leave it off. As much as I'd love to get all the stories, I know I know you got secrets to keep, so we'll we'll talk off air, and then people will bug me in the crowd after. Yes, there you go. Cool. <laughs> um, do you want people following you? We talked about bumping up your Instagram. You want to do a quick shout out? I'm excited for the stat stuff. So that that's if you're if you're a nerd like me, make sure to to follow. Yeah. No. Uh, Kevin Wells four one one on Instagram. Nice. Nice. That's uh, isn't that Turk's number, or is that just like four one one for like the information, like info for? I had I had mine first, bro. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like that's a conversation <laughs> yes. that's already happened. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. It it did it did at one point, but it, I I didn't even like put that together till yeah. way later. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 ninety five. What the. Mm. <sighs> I'm 95% sure I had it first. Uh, but yeah, I did it actually for information. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Like 411, yeah. All right. Well, for everybody listening at yep. home, thank you again for listening. For everybody watching, I appreciate it. Definitely watch um, if you can. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing everybody at the next set of events. And make sure to give Kevin the first 411 uh, a follow on Instagram. Make sure to share this episode. I'm excited to see what clips come out of this because that's always my favorite part. I'll let the editor do their work. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for watching, and we will catch you next week.